Hey everybody, and welcome to the Darkcast. I'm your host, Jonathan, and this is episode number 209. Joining me today is Brian Tyler. Yo! And we are talking about all things, well not all things superhero, just like the interesting things about superheroes. We're talking about Supergirl, and we're talking about the Assassin's Creed movie, we're talking about the new Batman remaster, and we are talking about Homefront the Revolution, but not Homefront 2. That is not a thing. Homefront 2 doesn't exist. I'm Homefront yeah, the Revolution. That's that's a real wait wait around for that one, folks, because that gets a real real deep into the North Korean lore. Absolutely, absolutely. So, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy this episode. Now on with the show. Hail the leader. All right. Well, um, let, let's just go ahead and jump right into the episode. Got some fun yeah. things to uh, to talk about. Um, it's been a week of, of ups and downs with news. It has. It has. So, uh, if anybody listened to the last episode of the Darkcast, uh, we were speculating on the future of Supergirl, um, and uh, when we last recorded, uh, it was very up in the air whether or not Supergirl would come back for season two. And, anywhere. Right, at all. And because uh, it's like, as of this recording, within like a few days, uh, CBS is going to be launching their entire like fall lineup. And so basically if they hadn't announced it by then, then that meant it was being canceled. But then earlier this week, we got literally the best news. Like this, I'm, I'm more happy about this news than if it had gotten renewed on CBS. So last year, for anybody that didn't know, uh, Supergirl was on CBS. Um, but uh, where all the good superhero shows are besides um, Netflix is the CW, and at least the ones that I like anyway. Um, and uh, so Supergirl is is joining the uh, Greg Berlanti-verse with uh, Arrow and The Flash and uh, Legends of Tomorrow. So it will be keeping its Monday night, uh, 8 p.m. time slot. And so we get four CW superhero shows every week, which is awesome. I really kind of hope they come up with one to put on Friday night just so that we have superhero shows all the time. But, uh, but yeah, so it did get renewed. We are getting season two, uh, and they've already announced that there's going to be like a super mega awesome crossover event where all four episodes somehow tie in together, which is, is going to be awesome. It's, gonna be great. I, it's completely unbelievable. I'm, I'm super happy with the decision they made. Um, I'm really happy with the way they acknowledged it. And even the dude who was renewing it was like, listen, we were probably going to renew it anyway, but this is absolutely the better choice. Um, for doing it, for for putting it online, it takes over Monday. Um, so now we we quite literally have uh, Monday Supergirl, Tuesday the Flash, Wednesday's Arrow, and Thursdays. I, I, they have a they're going to have a, uh, a Legends of Tomorrow that I have no idea what the hell they're going to do next season, but we'll find yep. out. I'm looking forward to it though, because uh, I think the uh, I think the Vandal Savage stuff has has worked relatively well, but it's also been kind of constraining. Uh, and so I would like to see something that's a little more freeform um, and not necessarily kind of driving so hard towards that that goal um, of, you know, taking down Vandal Savage like they have uh, this past season. I think it would be more fun to see them do some some goofier stuff because, like, the, the episode where uh, Ray and Kendra, like, live in the 50s for two years and... 
you know, fall in love and almost get married and stuff. Like, fun, weird stuff like that, I, I think, is, is great. And I would like to see them do more things, uh, more things with that. So, yeah. we'll, whatever they're going to do, I'm sure it'll be fun. Where it's not as stressed out the entire time. I right. think that that's uh like they obviously there has to be stakes if you want anything to happen. Um, but I, I you know I also think that they've kind of kept the um, the Vandal Savage thing kind of rolling along a little unnecessarily. Sure, because there were there was more than one one point in time where uh, they kind of had him dead to rights, and I I think the one that bothered me the most was when uh, uh Kendra literally had him like within an inch of the mace pounding him to oblivion. And he brought up the, the you know, like the, what's his, that Connor was back. And uh, that, you know, he had locked his memory away. And I'm like, Connor, dude. is that his name? Yeah, Con- uh, Connor. Connor. Yes, Carter. 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 There it is. Connor. I, um, I want him to be a Highlander. <laughs> he should be. That, oh, right. my God. How great would that be if in one random episode they go to Scotland and they find out that Carter is Highlander? That it was, he was a Highlander? He was a Highlander. Yeah. Oh, my great. God. That would be so good. That would be fantastic. Oh, man. That's, that gets me excited for season two right there. But, yeah, but, like, uh, but yeah, was, no. It, and, that yeah, she that, was unable to – that she was unable to put aside – uh, to understand that there was like a greater good to that scenario, right? When in fact, like, even if he did forget, and even if he did die, he would come back, right? Yeah, and that's because that's the way of things. They're not even like in her time, so yeah. she can just kill him, and he will come back. And it's not like it's not like she went to talk to Savage afterwards to find out how to do it. Like Ray went in there to find out. Right. But she never did. She was going to rely on her doing it anyway. Yeah. So if that was the case, why the hell did he need to be there? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That, yeah, that, that, that was not. That, like, that was like the, probably if there was a low point, it was that one where I just kind of looked at the screen and went, really? We have to keep stretching it this way? Like, I like where they ended up going with it. But just that point, I was like, there was no better conceit than this. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that wasn't great. Um. I I absolutely agree on that one, and that that show's definitely had, um, it, it's the the most uh, problematic of kind of the uh, the four. Like you know, in a lot of ways, uh, Supergirl was already a CW show, like in terms of tonality versus you know the Netflix stuff or Gotham on Fox or uh, you know Agents of Shield. Like it, it's. It's already yes. much more in yeah, line exactly. with with the CW shows anyway, so in a lot of ways it's already kind of there. But now, just kind of going forward, calling them the the CW shows, like it, it's it's been the most problematic of it. I I think part of that just comes with having a a pretty huge ensemble cast, um, mm-hmm. which you know Agents of Shield has as well, and it's in my opinion it's had some issues with with pacing as well, and so coming up with ways to make everybody matter and kind of make you care about everybody. Yes. That's, that is a difficult thing to do. And that's something that even like the, um, you know, Avengers two, uh, in terms of its pacing and the, the way that it chose to try to make people matter in that movie, uh, wasn't the best. Um, I'm just going to say black widow has a lot more uses than yes. being the love interest of Bruce Banner and being the only way to make him calm down. She she can be just do a whole lot more things than that. Yes. I'm just, I'm just going to leave that there. 
Um, anyway, anyway. Uh, but yeah, so Supergirl coming back next fall, and it's on the CW. Uh, I am assuming somehow they are going to actually bring it into the world, uh, like the, the multiverse part. I, I am super interested in because like, I have no idea how you shift things I don't so either. that that stuff now exists where you where like national like obviously there is a national city because right. it's been mentioned on arrow before mm-hmm. um but how you shift like the two national cities together so because suddenly there is a girl that can fly um and yep. her cousin well, so, so what I think that they're going to have to do, I mean, they're going to have to do kind of like a crisis on infinite earth sort of thing where maybe that's the big crossover. Maybe, maybe they will be separate until the big crossover. But yeah. the, in my mind, the way that it would work is that, and, and this could be an interesting way to kind of inject some, some new stuff into the, the pre-existing, uh, arrow flash Berlanti verse, um, but basically have some kind of event that brings, like, Supergirl and her national city over into the Arrow and Flash's world, um, but doesn't bring over Superman. Because I feel like that's actually got to kind of be a, a pretty big point. Like, the, the world that they've built um, with uh, the Flash and with Arrow is, is, is a world, like, like the Dark Knight trilogy. Like, it's, it's a world without Superman. Like the world would be different, and yeah, people's reactions it, to everything would be but different. Now that there's, so, there, yeah, but now that there's going to be like that, like her having her her having the cousin is an established part of her identity. Sure, and her having to constantly like kind of put up with that, and and like be placed against him in a way that it's like, oh, well, you know, you're not doing things as well as your cousin could. Right. That's you know, true. That that, that kind of has to be there now. But that being said, now that kind of the best possible wishes have come to light. Um, I'm just going to throw this out to the universe. Mm-hmm. I think season five of Arrow ends with a meeting um, that Felicity gets called back into the office as something happens and both her... It, 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 I, I, I see it actually coming back into, like, Oliver's hands. So as, like, a, what? A, a, uh, Queen Consolidated. Okay. Palmer Technologies. That comes back into Oliver's hands, and the end of season five, they get called into a boardroom um, because they are supposed to meet with some mysterious backer who wants to pick up a portion of the company Mm. and rolls around in the chair, and he stands up and goes, Hi, Ollie. My name is Bruce. No. Mm. And Dwayne Enterprises. No. I don't don't think they're going to do that. I'm just... No. Sorry. Here is Batman, damn it. We introduce Batman. We get the whole Justice League. They're all there. Then. I don't. That's yeah. That's not going to happen. Um, uh, I I want this. It's bad because like I, I Bree's yelling in the background that all I want is Batman, and that's true. I want all of the Batman. Yeah. But I also want to see like I would. I want to see the kid from Gotham hit his growth spurt. No, absolutely not. I want to see that happen. Bree, Bree's not in this conversation. What is she trying to do? This this is private here. It's not like it's going to be published online later. I want to see. That, I want to see that happen. I want to see that kid hit his growth I, spurt, and I want that show to be canceled. 
Yes. And I want it to be canceled so that he can move over to the CW. <laughs> you really like Oh, that's that's funny. Yeah, I I never I did not finish the first season of Gotham. I, I've heard that season two is much better, but I I did not like season one at all, and have no desire to go back to uh, to season two. I I still hold to the fact that I if they're going to do a like police centric um, Batman show, then it needs to be in the interim between when Bruce Wayne leaves and um, and when he comes back. And when he comes so back, that, totally. Right, so that there's no kind of expectation of him showing up because we've seen Bruce Wayne in this world now. We, we know he exists. We know the path he's on. And because we've got like an age to work with, we have like a projected future of when he should be Batman. Yes. But if it's in this nebulous time of he's been gone for a while yep then then there's no expectation of him coming back and also then you can just end the show at any point with like seeing a dude on top of a size skyscraper dressed like a bat like yeah. you can just end it seeing batman and it be done and over with um i i don't well, know i, think, I, I feel I think, like I think the, if, that star, if that if that show runs to its conclusion if the, the way I see it it's going to run like 30 years. Well, no, well, that's the thing. <laughs> at, at some point, this kid's got to hit a growth spurt. At some point, he has to go away. They do a whole season where Bruce is gone. And then at the end of that season, it jumps forward like five or six years. Right. And we see a different, we, we see a much different Gotham, a Gotham that is, I mean, as of it, as it stands right now, the, uh, the, the Gotham that they have there is already a far different Gotham than the one that was in the comic books. Sure. Because the, the, while the one that was in the comic books was corrupt, um, there has always been kind of a did Batman's arrival cause the rest of the craziness? Right. And that, that sense of escalation on their side. While this Gotham portrays one that where Batman is the escalation. Mm-hmm. Where in order for... Which I, it, I think is a, an interesting kind of point to, to take. But, so, but I think that, that that in order for people to actually see those scales weighed properly, mm-hmm. that the last season of Gotham has to be Batman. It has to be Batman interacting with Gordon, and it has to be Batman interacting with all the villains that they've built up. Mm-hmm. That there has to there has because they've gone through so much foreshadowing that mm-hmm. if they like if they did if they pulled like a um Oh man! If they pulled like a Sopranos cut to black, mm-hmm. that that would probably be the biggest cop out in TV history. Oh. If they go through all of that only to not give us Batman, but I feel like there's a lot of this show that just kind of is a cop out because it everything's is. Oh, an totally. everything is. is an allusion to the version of the thing that exists with Batman. I mean, we go yes. so far as to see like the parents of certain villains, you know, be in the show and be kind of precursors to, Oh yeah, no, totally. Them. And not and only that, just, but I mean like, especially ugh, like when you take gross. a look at what they've done with the imagery of, uh, of Azrael. Um, I haven't and, watched any of that. So, oh, okay. So spoilers, um, Theo Gallivan, who is the kind of the main villain at the beginning of season two. Um, gets taken out and gets gets basically executed by both Penguin and Gordon. Okay. Um, that's at the midway point. 
Um, the second half of season two has basically been run by Hugo Strange and has dealt with Arkham Asylum under his care. And the fact that Indian Hill is under Arkham Asylum and that's where he's keeping all of like the super crazies. The Mr. Freeze, the Firefly, um, all those people that he's now, by the end of the season, he has totally convinced, uh, have, has given them backstories that present them as like as a truly crazy yet special individuals. So like Firefly thinks she's some sort of weird fire god. Um, it's really it, like that part of it and the the, the work that uh, flipping. Oh my god, I can't even remember his name now. The dude who's playing uh, Hugo Strange. Um, I God, he was the scientist in Jurassic Park. Oh really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's... Yes. Oh, that makes a weird kind of sense. Yes, That's he was, he was pretty funny. Frank's assistant and father of the bride, and I cannot, That's... for the life of me, place his name now. That is funny. That's gonna that kill is... me. I gotta fight him. But so, so he's he's actually he found a way to bring the dead back to life, um, in a non-Lazarus pit solution. Okay. Um, and so he brings back Theo Galavan. Uh, B.D. Um, Wong is B.D. Wong. That's him exactly. B.D. Wong. And he was doing a fantastic job as Doctor Strange. Oh my God, that dude is amazing. That's, that's um, perfect so funny. Intelligence, <laughs> perfectly intelligent and evil in every way he should be. Um, but he brings back Galavan, and he uh, Galavan comes back, and he doesn't remember who he was really. He's got bits and pieces of memory, but he can't put anything together. So, um, with the Order of Saint Dumas, um, to convince Galavan that he is. Um, the angel of death, Azrael, come back, that he's resurrected according to the stories, and that he's here to be, you know, to kind of cast justice on the city. And he orders him to go kill Jim Gordon. Well, Gordon and Bruce have been palling around for like an episode or two trying to figure out who this professor guy is that ordered the hit on Bruce's parents, and they end up in like this church, and there's Azrael ready to kill Gordon. Um, needless to say, he, you know, the, the cops end up breaking back in and Azrael has to go quite literally flipping and climbing through the darkness of the church until he escapes through a skylight. And you're watching this whole thing go down and you're look, and every so often the camera switches back to Bruce as he just kind of stares at this happening. And you're like, oh, okay. So this is where their, their whole idea of the masked, like caped vigilante comes from for him. Going so far as to have one point where they have a shot of Azrael on top of some building just looking down at the city. Like, so everything they are doing is some... is It is turned from what should have been a police procedural set in Gotham, which I think would have been kind of a lot uh, a lot more pure to the heart of what they were trying to do. And it is, it is quite literally turned into everything is an allusion to Batman and which then leads to my point that if they don't actually finish with Batman, they've completely robbed their show of everything it was leading towards. That makes sense. Like, I think they actually have to finish with Batman doing things as opposed to them eventually getting there and kind of having um, Clark and Smallville show up in the final, you know, episode with, like, the colors. Yeah. Yeah, don't remind me of that one. Yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, same thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's like I, I understand. Yeah, I um, yeah, that's 
Ugh, that sounds awful in a lot of ways. That's I'm, I'm kind of glad that I gave up on that show. Uh, also, just for just random thought. Okay, so if if Bruce and Gordon are palling around, then like, uh, there's no way that in the future Gordon doesn't know that Batman is no, Bruce Wayne. No that, way. No, no, that just <laughs> no way. That's... No, no um, way at all. And I mean, not, not like palling around the where Gordon obviously Gordon wants him to be safe and not be there, and Bruce is just too headstrong to stay still, um, which is completely driving. Um, Alfred up the wall, but Alfred did have a nice, like a nice scene in the last, like kind of penultimate episode of the season, where Bruce is like, "I'm going to go do this," and Alfred's like, "Well, listen, don't think for a second that I can't stop you if I wanted to. I could ship you off somewhere and nobody would say anything." And he goes, "Or I could just accept the fact that you're going to keep doing this stupid stuff and just try to help you to the point where you're not getting in trouble for it." Hmm. So. Like he, what's his, uh, uh, Alfred's kind of accepted what's happening. Okay. He still hasn't had any, any real fighting training. And this kid needs to grow up some. Yeah. But he's, he's slowly, he's slowly coming around. You see, you, you see very, very quickly where like the ideals for a lot of his stuff is coming from. Okay. That's, I yeah. guess that's. I don't know. That could be interesting, but I like so, the kid I, too. I like. I really do. I, I would love to see that kid grow up, and to see some of the stuff that he's worked for actually come to fruition. I think that would be really nice. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, just continuing on with some superhero stuff. Uh, there was some news recently that DC is kind of reorganizing the entity behind the DCU. Uh, so they're creating their own studio called DC Films. Yep. Uh, and it's going to be run by Jeff Johns and Pretty much. Uh, John Berg. They're, so they're basically doing the, the, the Kevin Feige Marvel deal. Yeah. And they are giving the DC Universe a showrunner. Yep. Which it's so desperately needed. Well, it had one. It just had the wrong one. Well, yeah, I, and even that, like, that wasn't even like... That, from what I read, the way that they wanted to do their films is they wanted each person to have their own input into things. And while the Snyderverse, or whatever disappointing name you wanted to give it, um, <laughs> was kind of attached to that, it still wasn't like, this is the vision we're going to follow. Right. Um, and now, there is a, this is the vision we're going to follow. Yep. And, uh, you know, they're talking, Jeff Johns is saying all the right things as far as there being hope Yep. And you know they're 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 being as some sort of uh, some sort of humor and and uh, and like light to things, and yeah. especially when you deal with a character like you know Superman, you can't have this like d- depressed, <laughs> e- e- completely emo. Uh, as I want to say, Ralph Garman called him a space hobo, just kind of <laughs> making his way around you know around Earth. Like, it doesn't do anything for anybody. Having this dude be an angry god doesn't, you know, convince us that he's, you know, here to help. Right. Absolutely, yeah. The uh, the article that I was reading uh, was mentioning that in the press conference that multiple times uh, Jeff Johns mentioned that uh, he, he wanted, you know, hope and optimism to kind of be in these movies, and I, I think that's great. And he also, at some point, he, he mentioned that uh, people mistake... Uh, when they 
people are mistaken when they say that Superman's not relatable because he's so powerful. And he said, I'm like, are you kidding? He's a farm boy from Kansas who moves to the big city and just wants to do the best that he can with what he's got. That's, like, the most relatable character in the world. And, like, I read that, and I was like, oh, I'm almost excited, but no, I've been burned. I will quell this excitement, and I will wait. Yes. So while it's good news, I'm not at all getting anything remotely close to hopes of. There's, there's (laughs) There's hope simmering in the background now. Uh, yes, but it, it is on, the, the stovetop is on low, and it's, it's just low. gonna... Very low, simmer, yep. simmer, simmer. So, uh, so yeah, could, could be, it's, it's good news, we'll wait to see if it's, it's actually, like, really good, um, or not, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, so that's, that's happening. Uh, other movie stuff? Uh, Assassin's Creed came out with the trailer. It did. Um, I mean, it looked okay. Sure. Yeah. I. I don't know. I've I've just gotten so burnt out on Assassin's Creed at this point. Like I yes. don't. I don't care at all. I did not want to really see anything Assassin's Creed this year, and I mean, um, it looks like we're going to. And I don't. Uh, based on what they showed in the first one, it's nothing that I would pay money for in the theater to go see. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they're going to have to show me more, um, and especially when it comes out. And I think the, the kind of big news item attached to this was that it was basically 65-35 present day. Yeah. That, and that's really weird. I feel like they don't understand the interesting part of Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah. Now, truth be told, there being a kind of mobile animus sounds like a really cool idea. But I don't know, like, the, the whole point of the Assassin's Creed has always been to the whole going back in time aspect and exploring kind of the parallels in, in the history and stuff there. So for them to do the 6535, like, present day, I, it's, what? Yeah, I... Like, I don't know. You know, like, what are you doing? What's where... I, I really need to know where they plan on going to going with this to see if it's going to be worthwhile at all. Yeah, I um, I mean, as far as trailers for video game things go, it er, video games movies go, like it, it looked like it's probably gonna be the best video game movie. That's not saying anything. Not saying much, but still, you um, know. So it it may very well earn that uh, that kind of a praise, but I don't know. It's just like at this point, like if they had announced an Assassin's Creed movie around the time of Assassin's Creed. Two or Brotherhood, then mm. I would have been like, "Oh hell Let's yeah, do this. yeah, exactly." But at this point, like, I really just, I honestly just don't want anything to do with the franchise at all. I'm just tired of it. Even though I haven't played the last two games, I still don't want any more. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, it it could be interesting uh there'll there'll be a link or uh, a trailer in the show notes to the episode for anybody that wants to uh check it out if they haven't uh and you can obviously judge for yourself but i i don't know i'm not particularly excited about this um yeah exactly it's it's as it stands right now time will tell yeah as you know, if if all we get to see of it is this and then it comes out i'm I'm sure there'll be other trailers yeah 
I mean, oh, knowing Ubisoft, there will be a lot of other trailers. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and let's hope let's hope it doesn't get postponed like the three years. Of that movie. That is true. the movie is out. So be a it'll be a thirty minute long playthrough at E three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It'll be uh, Michael Fassbender uh, playing his character with a controller. Yep. Through the movie, it'll he'll be up there pretending that he's playing the the movie. Um, <laughs> Gonna make yeah, this jump here. Yep. <laughs> and there'll be some fake banter. It'll be really awkward. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so, I don't know. There's just, I, I just can't, like, I would like to be more excited about this because again, as, as far as like video game movies go, like it looked, it looked pretty quality, but it just, I just don't care. I, just, <laughs> yeah, I wish yeah, I, I, sure. I wish I could, but I just, I just don't. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. You're you're absolutely right. Time will tell, and I'm I'm sure we will see many many trailers uh, between now and its release. So uh, maybe something will uh, pique my interest, and I'll go. You know what? That actually looks kind of cool. But uh, but I'll just wait till then. Uh, so that that's like I don't know. There was a lot of video game or not video game. There was a lot of uh, like movie related stuff that I kind of wanted to get out of the way, and I guess that's. That's all of that, unless there's anything else you wanted to talk to before we move on to, you know, the video game portion of the podcast. I feel like more and more lately we're talking about stuff that's not video game related. Yeah. <laughs> but then at the same time, it is us. So yes, that's, you know, that's, that's true. Understandable. Absolutely. absolutely. Well, we have video gaming things to talk about. We absolutely do. Uh, I was just, I didn't know if you had anything else that you wanted to talk about that wasn't actually related to a video game. No, I don't think so. I think that okay. was, you look through my things that I've saved here. Ooh. And I, I tend to like, grab like tweets and stuff that, no, I think that was it. Okay. Yeah, we got the main ones. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So moving on, I guess, uh, to transition from superhero-related things and movie-related things to video game-related things, we will talk about a superhero video game. Yeah! And that is Batman um, oh, Arkham Asylum. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so it's going to be Arkham Asylum and Arkham City are coming to next-gen or current-gen consoles um, in a kind of like whole fancied-up, Yo, super shiny graphics. Or actually, not super shiny graphics. Previously, they were super shiny. Now things look a little bit more normal. Yes. Um, <laughs> that especially the first game uh, suffered from very plasticky looking people, or everybody was just sweating profusely. Yeah, uh, it was all very shiny, and I didn't really notice that until um, you kind of showed me that picture, and now right? it's like, oh yeah, no, that's definitely black in comparison to whatever shiny stuff that was. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's being redone in um, uh, UE4. Yep, uh, Unreal, Unreal 4, Four. Yep. looks looks really sharp. I mean, obviously, obviously the biggest difference is going to be with that first game because that's the oldest one. I mean, it's been what almost seven years now, I think, since yes. it came out. So it has been quite a bit. Um, but those those upres uh, or not upres those um, those new remastered screenshots that have come out like look really good. Really nice. They look really nice. I mean, they, uh, I, I haven't 
gone through the effort of trying to compare them to Arkham Knight or anything like that. And, I mean, the the art style is a little bit different, because uh, the art style, while it's largely stayed the same, it, it did evolve some. Um, so there's obviously not going to be a direct comparison, but... Um, I think overall, like I think it's it's gonna look really good. I kind of wish that they would do a Dark Knight trilogy thing with mm-hmm. this, and like be like, "Hey, look, you can get you know Arkham Asylum, Arkham um, City, and Arkham Knight all together in in one package." Um, I think that would be cool. I but... think we'll pro- we'll probably see one of those in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, maybe around the time when they, uh, you know, when it's, Warner Brothers decides they're going to do something else with the with the license, right? Um, because I don't think within a you know like less than like a year out that they could have packaged all of those again, especially with the with the problems they ran into, uh, especially like PC wise. Well, well, and I'm not saying they need to remaster yeah. the Arkham Knight. I'm just saying have it there too. as part of the package. Yeah. Yeah. Because then that's you're not doing anything. You're just including another disc or yeah, another no, that's code. True. I, yes, um, I think that would be cool. But as it stands, it, this looks like a, a proper remastering and not you know just a uh, an upresing of sorts, yeah. which is is always nice to see. No, it definitely they, uh, does. It. And when they do the the games justice, yeah, and um, that's something that I I look forward to having too on 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 a new console and, and you know yeah. kind of being able to re-explore those. I I love those games. So I know you do. Yep. I um we were actually we were talking on Twitter the the other day when this was first announced and um to personally at, at this point uh, Arkham Knight is is my favorite of the kind of group of games just because in terms of gameplay um I I think it kind of refines everything to its its pinnacle and I just really enjoy um kind of what that game does and the while the Batmobile is not the best, it didn't bother me the way it did a lot of people, and yes. so that's not that's not a mark against that game for me. Um, and uh, I just I, I think uh, the stuff that it did with the uh, kind of like fear takedowns of uh, being able to take out like four people at a time, I, I just thought was really cool. And damn it, the the Joker stuff in Arkham Knight. Oh, it's, it's so yeah. good. So, so awesome. It's just like that, it, in a lot of ways alone, just kind of makes that, that game better just because that stuff is so good. Um, yes. And uh, so, actually, I picked up the uh, the season pass uh, for Arkham Knight not that long ago, uh, a month or so ago, maybe. I haven't gone back to play any of it, uh, which I didn't have a lot of the issues a lot of people did back when the game was released. It uh, was not the best running game, uh, but the the main issue that I ran into is if I played it for more than an hour, then the the frame rate would drop to like ten uh, frames per second. But I could just close the game and reopen it, and it was fine. Mm. Uh, which obviously that's an issue, but that wasn't there. There were a lot of much bigger issues that people were having. Um, so I I do want to go back and kind of play through, um, play through some of that DLC because. From what I understand, none of the kind of standalone DLCs are particularly great. But for ten bucks, I think there were I think there ended up being like six of them. There was one yeah. for Batgirl. There was one with multiple villains. I think that Batman faces. There's one where you play as Catwoman. There's one where you play as Harley uh, Nightwing. and yep. Nightwing and uh, and then Red Hood. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's 
even if they're you know all only like an hour an hour and a half like for 10 bucks doing like seven of those is like actually quite a bit of content uh and i am a sucker for those um batman costumes that they produce and so yeah. I, I wanted to get those <laughs> yeah there were a couple uh, cool ones in there there were a so, couple uh, cool ones in there so while while you are going back to the previous games i will probably uh hit up the uh the most recent one for its extra content because personally i'm still just not a big fan of the first one um it's all of the refinements that they make in arkham city are relatively small but i feel like they add up to just a much better playing game in retrospect that i i understand the 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 love that people have for the first game uh but just when i when i go and compare them like back to back like the to me, it's just like head and shoulders. It, City is a better playing game than Asylum, and there's there's nothing else that I particularly liked about Asylum that makes me want to go and play it over the other ones. That's understandable. Um, That's certainly so, understandable. So yeah. So maybe I'll. I, I hopefully I'll go play those. Uh, those DLCs uh, before too long. But I've also got Witcher DLCs to play through. I've got the Tomb Raider DLCs to... Dear God, I've got so many, like... Yeah, that's what I'm, I've They need to stop making new games. I've got too many things to play. I'm looking forward they... to the version of Tomb Raider I get at the end of the year um, when it finally comes out on PS4. Which Sorry, they... Um, Square Enix did announce that they've got some big Tomb Raider news yep. um, for E3, so I'm assuming that big news is the announcement of the Game of the Year edition, which will be available on all platforms. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited for you to play that, because that is a damn yeah, I fine wait. game. I guess oh, I cannot wait. I'm going to have a lot of fun it's, with that. Oh, it's so good. It's. I was actually. I was just talking with a, a friend of mine not long before the uh, the podcast, and I was mentioning that you know when Rise of the Tomb Raider came out, like I went down a pretty dark Tomb Raider path of playing so much Tomb Raider. Um, I I played Rise of the Tomb Raider on the 360, and that was the point at which I was like, hey, I need to buy an Xbox One. I need to play this in all its glory. So while I waited on getting the Xbox One, I went back and played through all of um, Tomb Raider Legend, which, in my opinion, is still a fantastic game. Uh, went and played about half of Tomb Raider Anniversary and about half of Tomb Raider Underworld. And really, I only played through about half of both of those because those are both longer than Tomb Raider Legend. Legend's a pretty short game, uh, like four or five hours uh, to complete. Um... So I played through all of those, or half of those. I played through all of Lara Croft and the Temple of, or the Guardian of Light. I played through about half of Lara Croft and the Temple of Osiris. And then I played through Rise of the Tomb Raider again when I got it on the Xbox One. <laughs> and that was all within like the span of three weeks. <laughs> wow. So, um, so yeah, that was a weird moment but that just goes like all of that was sparked by rise of the tomb raider rise of the tomb raider is a fantastic game and i can't wait for more people to be able to play it because uh, it's it's good so uh so yeah 
And that's, you know, that's one of those games that's like, I, I obviously don't want a new Tomb Raider again this year mm-hmm. because that would be way too soon. Yeah, no. And I, I, but, I, I look forward to there not being one that they're just to me getting to enjoy what was coming out. Right. But I, I do anticipate the announcement of the next one, whenever that is. Like, I would like some space between them. We yeah. don't need these. I think I think you know, we get through back. exactly. I think we get through this but, year, uh, maybe next year. We sure. see an announcement for the next one, and it's like you know a year, or, like a year sure. out or something. 2018. That exactly. Would, that would be great. Yeah. That would be absolutely great, and um, especially yeah. I mean, especially if they're if they're coming at it from. Uh, a perspective of not, you know, like last time they had to get Microsoft to kind of front the bill for, for a portion of it in order, you know, so they had to go through stuff. I think that if they can't possibly be looking at a more than kind of two years, two and a half, two and a half years out way to, to kind of annualize that. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 So, uh, so yeah. Terminator news coming at E3. Also, just E3 is coming fast, so probably next week's episode we will start with our like predictions of things because oh, that's, yes. that's soon. Um, so uh, yeah, we're uh, <laughs> we're a month out. Uh, yeah, yep. That's the uh, the thirteenth is the the main kind of day that Monday. So uh, it's whew, it's gonna be fun. Uh, in terms of other announcements, uh. Rocksteady is gonna talk about something, maybe soon, possibly. Yeah, uh, Rocksteady, maybe. Rocksteady, so Mitch Rockstar. Batman, Rockstar. Uh, Rockstar. Yep, yep, yep. That's uh, a yeah, two, di- two different rock things. Yes. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's yeah, that's cool. about something soon. But uh, I I want to say they said that we won't see anything from them until at least, as far as a game coming out, until at least middle of next year. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. So they are they are not anywhere near to close pulling like a Bethesda where it's like, hey, here's oh, no. Fallout here's Fallout Four and it'll be out in November. No, yeah, they, they never do that. Ever. <laughs> yeah. It's always I think the the closest a game uh has come out from when they've announced it's been like a year and a half. Yeah. Um and it probably won't be at E three because they uh they never show stuff off at E3? They never announced stuff at E3? Oh, Rockstar, uh, yeah, they're barely yeah. even there. Yeah, they they they're they're like Valve. They're yeah. they're too good for E3. <laughs> it's like when when we have a day to announce something, yeah, like we Valve will announce it and you will listen. Exactly. Uh, it's Valve just... or Blizzard. They do their own thing. It's just yep. you're going to buy this anyway, so. <laughs> right. Like so... I think they just announced that like freaking um GTA Five has hit like over sixty-five million copies. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Like something stupid like that. Yeah, it's uh it, no, that is copies. It was copies shipped, not copies, copies actually oh, okay. sold. Not sold, but shipped. Um, but, but still, still I mean, that's yeah, yeah. Hey, there's most games franchises would just love to be up near that number, um, not just a single game. That's yeah, insane. Insane. Yeah. Oh man, that's just that's a lot of copies of games. But uh but yeah, so that'll happen soon. Uh I really kinda hope it's it's a new Red Dead because I I, I think we're all in agreement, or at least you, you me and Joel, which Joel's not here right now, but uh uh like Red Dead is, is their best game. Like yes. just, it's just their their best That's that's game. the sequel I I would be most looking forward to. 
I, I didn't get a lot out of um, five, and it, it didn't hold me enough to, to kind of keep me around for the end of it. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely, out of everything that I've ever played from them, um, Red Dead was the one that just, you know, had me holding on till the end and then just wanted, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I could do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I I wouldn't really care for another Max Payne game. Um, I didn't and... play the last. I, honestly, like, I have the first two in my Steam thing somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I have, I've never, I have not played three. I watched Jeremy go through three at one point. It looked great, but it was just it, it never struck me as something that I needed to go out and do. It, now, to me, Max Payne One is still the best of of all three of the games. Um, it just in terms of kind of not necessarily overall feel. I mean, obviously the later games refined things, mm-hmm. but I I really didn't care where it went with the story in two, and then I cared even less where it went with story in three. Um, so. I, I don't know. I just I I wouldn't really be interested at all if they announced a Max Payne four. And yeah, as far as open world games go, like Grand Theft Auto is just not my desired foray into open world stuff. Like I would I would much rather play a Saints Row game or a Just Cause game or or something that's much crazier like that than uh, than a Grand Theft Auto. So even if they announce Grand Theft Auto six. Like, honestly, I wouldn't really be interested. Uh, but if they announce Red Dead 2 or 3 yeah, right or there. whatever it is, I, I will... If they just announce Red Dead, like, they can they could do that if they wanted to. Um, it could just be Red Dead. Red Dead Zero. Red Dead Revolution. Red Dead... I don't care. Anything. Like, I'm, I'm in. All the way. Yep. So, uh... But again, we uh, of uh, so many of the things we've discussed, we have to wait until oh, yeah, totally. more news is available. Yep. <laughs> it's all just speculation. Um, but there are things we don't have to speculate about anymore. There are things that we've speculated possibly for years. Probably nobody has speculated about this game for years, but okay. somebody may have. What is what game? And that is Homefront. The revolution. Yeah, there, I can imagine there was a certain amount of speculation about this one. I imagine most people didn't even know it existed, yeah. and therefore didn't speculate about it. They certainly did not put any effort into telling people that it was coming out. No, uh, which I mean, it is it is Deep Silver, um, which they're not an EA, Ubisoft, or Activision or anything like that. Um, so I, you know, they're just not going to carry as much weight in terms of marketing uh, as those other places would. I mean, the the last game that Deep Silver published is, uh, let's see, I'm trying to look that up right now, probably should have done this beforehand, but, uh, okay, so Homefront the Revolution came out. Mm-hmm. The last one before this was uh, Saints Row Got Out of Hell. Which was a year over oh, yeah, a year I was ago. Say that was year last January, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been a minute. They're not not a huge studio or publisher. Um. So, so yeah, they are the ones that are publishing uh, Mighty Number no. Nine, the um, uh, spiritual successor to uh, Mega, Mega Man. Man. Yes. Yeah. That is so, constantly being like pushed off. Yes. I think the new, so the new release date is somewhere in June now. 
Uh, yeah, June twenty first. Yes. Yeah, and they also apparently they picked up uh, the rights to APB All Points Bulletin, which was uh, a That's game really that was weird MMO. Yeah, it was a really weird MMO that was made by Real Time Worlds, which uh, that was like the studio the that people. Yep the the first Crackdown studio, and uh, I think it was done by. 2K at first, maybe, and then EA, and apparently is now being done by Deep Silver. So that's that's weird. Yeah. Uh, so Deep Silver's a weird studio, and uh, much like APB being kind of tossed around, uh, Homefront: The Revolution was also tossed around uh, for a bit. So the original, the first Homefront, uh, which this is not just to, to clear anything up. If anybody's wondering, uh, this is not actually a sequel to. The original Homefront from 2000, I think 11, is when that game came out. Um, while this game does have North Korea invading the United States and you having to fight back, um, it's actually completely different. It's a completely different scenario. Um, really? So the original game. So it's yes. not even just in a different part of the country. It's just totally no. different altogether. It's totally different wow. um except that it's not which is is really odd that they kind of continued with the the premise of it while they went back and changed literally everything i mean really the only thing that has remained the same is the fact that north korea has invaded the u.s and you are fighting back that's the only and it's a first person shooter those are the common threats here that's uh so crazy. the original game the original game was made by Chaos Studio. Chaos uh-huh. Studio also made uh, Frontlines, Fuels of War, which was a very uh, Battlefield style of game where you're capturing nodes and whatnot. Okay. Um, which Chaos was actually formed from the team that made... Um, they made the modern Battlefield mod for Battlefield 1942. Okay. But they're not they're not the studio that made Battlefield 2. Uh so apparently like EA really liked that idea and like bought it from the people that made the mod but then went and made it internally instead of hiring those people that made the mod. So those people got together, they formed a studio, eventually started working with THQ and they produced uh Homefront or not Homefront, um Frontline and uh, that didn't sell very well. So instead of emulating Battlefield, they went and emulated Call of Duty and made Homefront, which was about this... Uh, basically, the, the story was that kind of in the future with uh, the oil crisis, which uh, Homefront, when it was first coming out, you know, first being talked about was like 2008, 2009. Uh, and while obviously gas prices are still not what they were, you know, 15, 20 years ago, um, the kind of oil crisis is not what it was, you know, five, ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. And so when when that game was was uh, coming out, basically there was a huge crisis uh, in the Middle East and with the kind of the war going on in Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, all the oil dried up and a huge oil reserve was found in North Korea. And so because of the money that they were making from selling oil to the rest of the world, they were able to hugely build up their armaments. They uh, take over South Korea, and then they start taking over kind of 
you know, smaller countries around them. They take over India and they take over Vietnam and they take over Japan and China and all this kind of stuff. And then eventually invade, um, the U S by launching a giant EMP and kind of, um, going up against it. And the, the original home front takes place, um, like two or three years after that invasion has happened. And it takes place in kind of the Midwest where, um, you know, North Korea is slowly kind of moving in on American soil. So you're kind of still at that kind of front line battle line. And the, in the original game, the East coast was still the United States. It was the West coast that had fallen. Mm. So now that that's all just the, the backstory of the original game. Uh, and again, that, that first game, the campaign was very like call of duty inspired, very linear, very, uh, quick time eventy and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this game once again uh, abandons the shackles of the uh, first-person shooter archetype that it failed to emulate before. So the first one was Battlefield, the second one was Call of Duty. Now it's taking on Far Cry, um, and the the universe or not the universe the the story that we're given now is that in the 1970s. Uh, so this is actually this is a totally like alternate history that's happened here. This is not just the events going forward from now have changed. This is saying in the 1970s, there was a North Korean company that rose up alongside of Microsoft and Apple and is a company called Apex. And they sold just the the best technology out there. And so basically Apex eclipses Microsoft and Apple. It doesn't specifically say that, but in the kind of story that it's laying out is Apex becomes the number one electronics retailer in the world. And um, eventually they get into uh, the arms race. And so with the the war in the Middle East and uh, all that kind of stuff, the, the U.S. is buying all of its armaments from North Korea. And so North Korea is just making money hand over fist. And then eventually North Korea decides, and this is like in uh, 2020, uh, North Korea decides it's going to invade the U.S., and so it starts to do that. And because all of our electronics are made by North Korea, and all of our weapons are made by North Korea, and all of our battleships have like stuff made by North Korea, they're able to basically just turn all of our stuff off wow. and kick <laughs> our asses. Um, and uh, so then the game starts four years uh, into the future from that battle. And uh, so now, uh, basically, all of the U.S. is is kind of fallen and is under the uh, the regime of of North Korea, the the kind of um, the entity in the U.S. that North Korea has is called the KPA. I don't actually know what KPA stands for. Uh-huh. I haven't. I don't know if they've probably said it at some point in the game, but I haven't really been paying attention that well. Um, so, uh, so you were a guy named Ethan Brady, and uh, you are uh, coming into Philadelphia from I think either Washington or Boston, and you are meeting up with this guy who's kind of a a revolutionary hero. Um, he's a guy named uh, Oh God, what is his name? Walter, maybe. Oh God, I don't like. I have not honestly been paying a whole lot of attention to the story. Like, I find the premise more interesting, and the fact that even though the premise is the same, it's completely different from the first game. Uh-huh. I find all that way more interesting yeah, than what's really actually nuts. happening. 
in the game. Uh, so, so there's this guy, uh, Benjamin, uh, Benj- Benjamin Walter, Benjamin White. Oh God, I don't know. Anyway, there's a dude. He's he's famous for like inspiring people to kind of fight back, and so he is coming into Philadelphia and he wants to make kind of a hard stand there, but he gets captured, and uh, so it is you kind of join up with another squad there in Philadelphia and you start kind of like searching for him and trying to win the approval of the people and and fighting back on your own at on your way to uh to get this this war hero back um i've played two or three of the story missions uh haven't played too many of them because much like far cry uh some of the most interesting stuff is just kind of running around and uh freeing uh, bases. So the bases aren't quite as interesting as the ones in Far Cry. Uh-huh. Uh, but you have the same kind of idea that, um, you know, in a, in a particular area, you have a base that you need to go in and take over. And once you do that, uh, you no longer have like bad guys patrolling around so much and, and whatnot. Okay. Uh, so you're, you're liberating areas. Oddly enough, there are way more, uh, instances of these bases so all of these bases are much smaller than the ones in far cry Far Cry. so far um so far they're much smaller i've I've only been to two areas and i think there's i think there's like six or eight areas total um uh and also one thing about the game is it's not a fully open map uh you have an area that is open uh but it is not like the whole far cry 4 map Mm. uh, that you have at your disposal okay at one time uh, basically what's connecting each of, basically because North Korea is in control of everything, they've got walls kind of everywhere. And so to get from one place to another, you have to go through these tunnels that, uh, the rebels have dug. And so that serves as a loading screen between, um, the two open areas or the multiple open areas that you're, you're getting to. Uh, so within an open area, uh, you'll find places that have been kind of commandeered by the KPA or Norks, as the um, <laughs> as people like to call them. Uh, so you are fighting the Norks, and uh, so you may find like a diner that's been taken over and has been like heavily fortified, and so you need to go in and uh, and kill them to take over it. Uh, Depending on what the area is dictates what you kind of need to do. Sometimes you just have to kill everybody in an area, and then boom, it's yours. Uh, Sometimes there's, like, a a receiver that you need to go in and hack. Um, Sometimes there's some kind of production. So they've got some kind of gas that they bomb areas with, which I haven't actually run into this in the game. They've mentioned it several times. Um... But I, I haven't seen it in a in a gameplay situation. I don't know if it's just a story element or if it will actually play a bigger role in it. Uh, but uh, so there are these areas that I guess like manufacture this gas, and so you actually go in and you kind of turn some valves and you up the pressure, and then everything explodes. And at that point, you've taken over the area. Um, so um, so yeah, it's it's got kind of that open world. Uh, base taking vibe that that Far Cry has. It it, it has a similar weapon wheel. Uh, instead of having four weapons, you have two okay. um, at your disposal at one time. But then you have several other things that you can craft. Uh, so one of the cool things about the game is that uh, you can craft your bombs on the fly. 
And so, just like Far Cry, where you're kind of going up to people and you're scavenging things from people and you're you're not picking plants to make medicine in this game. Uh-huh. Uh, but anytime you go into a house, like, if you see a TV, uh, you can probably go up to the TV and press the, uh, on an Xbox controller, the X button, and you will pull some kind of useful thing out of it, whether it's uh, a battery, which is used directly with crafting, uh-huh. or you'll pull other... Uh, like valuables, which are basically just like scrap that you can sell for money. And so you may pull uh, like memory or RAM out of something. You may pull a hard drive out of something. And you're pulling like bits and bobs. You'll pull it. You can pick up, you know, coffee mugs out of a uh, like a dresser, which is really odd that somebody would keep a coffee mug in a dresser, but they do sometimes. You'll pick up duct tape, things like that, that you can then sell, make money, okay, so you then buy stuff. You got to hide it from the North Koreans. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to hide Absolutely. your mugs. They're coming for your your coffee. (laughs) They are. (laughs) Um, So so then you've got the other elements. You have propellant, batteries, uh, fuel, and something else, I think. And those kind of four elements are what you use to craft your various types of explosives. So you have uh, like Molotov cocktails that you can craft on the fly. Uh, You have regular grenades that you can craft. You have... Um, and then also you can upgrade each of those things with uh, different things that you can craft in that style. So you can create a like remotely detonated grenade or remotely detonated Molotov cocktail. You can create, you can make a little RC car uh, that you strap an explosive to and then drive that up to somebody and make them blow up, uh, which is all kind of cool. And so just like being able to uh, make that stuff as you're kind of running around the world it gives the game kind of a cool, scrappy feeling. Like, you actually kind of feel like you're the underdog in, in some ways. And then also, like, if you if you piss off the North Koreans and uh, you start fighting them too much, then they'll call in for reinforcements, and they, they may have, like, a tank roll in that you then need to shoot. Or they may call in, like, a giant Zeppelin thing that, so far, I don't think you can kill. Like, you just have to run away from that, <laughs> which is, is kind of cool. They still... They, they've... They've upped so the technology game by going back to the Zeppelin? So it's not actually Zeppelin. It's it's a a floating thing. Like, it, I don't know. It, it's not a plane. It doesn't have wings. Okay. And it also doesn't have a helicopter-like propeller on top. So Zeppelin is probably the closest thing uh-huh. that it resembles. But it's not act- it doesn't look like it's full of gas. It's not round and bulbous. Okay. Um, actually, more probably like a... North Korean Star Destroyer. A small <laughs> Star Destroyer. But that's probably the thing that it, it resembles most. I, you know what? I don't I don't know if I want to explore a world where North Korea gets a, a an equivalent to like a baby <laughs> Star Destroyer. That's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, but, you know, it's 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 fun. Uh, so far, the, yeah. the biggest problem with the game is that there's just an overall kind of lack of polish and there, there's nothing that it's doing that is particularly new like yeah. most of the elements are just straight out of far cry um some there's some tweaks on that there is a, a cool element where uh if you played crisis two or three uh then you could uh, change your weapon attachments on the fly in that game okay so it, there are a lot of games where you know you can add a silencer to a weapon um or you have like an alternate fire to a weapon and this kind of takes that up to a, another level where you, you know, at any moment you can swap out like one of four different scopes on a gun. So you can have iron sights, or you can have a 
you know, red dot sight, or you can have like a, a 4X uh, scope. Um, you can add a silencer or a muzzle break, which, you know, increases damage, or you can, you can add a, a laser sight to make aiming easier, or you can uh, add a, like a, a forearm grip so that your aim is steadier. And you can do all of that just at, like, you press on, on a controller, you press up on the D-pad, and your character just kind of holds your gun out in front of you, and you can swap out whatever you want to. Uh, and that is, like, that is just lifted, like, directly out of Crisis 2 and 3. Um, it does... Uh, kind of like with the the Far Cry elements of where, you know, you're kind of fighting these, I don't know, the, these guys that are roaming around and the fight can escalate there. And in this case, it escalates to the point where a baby Star Destroyer comes in and you have to run away. This also kind of escalates the crisis mechanic a little bit where you actually have total conversion kits mm -hmm. where you basically like take the top of the gun off where you have basically like the the handle the stock and the trigger left and that's it okay and then you you basically put a whole other gun on there um so even though you can only carry two guns at a time once you unlock like the the conversion kits for a gun you technically actually are carrying up to six guns at a time because you in addition to swapping out the reticles and the muzzles and all that kind of stuff, you can also just basically swap out the rest of the gun. Uh, so, like, the assault rifle, it's got a kind of standard, like, AK-47-style gun that you've got. Uh, or you can use the uh, LMG conversion kit, which turns it into a much bigger assault rifle. Um, or you can use the grenade launcher conversion kit for it, which then obviously turns it into a grenade launcher. Um, there's a crossbow that's pretty cool. Uh, it's like really powerful. Um, it's not as cool as a bow, but it's still pretty cool. Okay. Um, my favorite weapon so far is a conversion for the pistol, which makes it into a pneumatic pistol. Uh, so it's one, one, it's silent. Uh -huh. Um, but then two, uh, if you hold the trigger, then I mean, you've got like this whole gauge on the back of it that's like building up and whatnot. And like if you if you hold down on that trigger till it's fully charged, then so far pretty much every enemy dies with one shot, nice. even if it's not to the head. Like it's super powerful, and it's it's really cool. Which um, also just kind of the the desolated landscape of the game and that pneumatic pistol uh, reminds me a lot of the Metro series. Okay, uh, so Metro twenty thirty three and Metro Last Light. Um, but again, even. Like, all those elements are cool, and all of those elements are, are relatively well-crafted, but none of them are original in, like, any way. Um, and there's just... There's an overall just kind of lack of polish to the game. Like, I haven't had any of the problems that's... Like, when the game came out, you sent me a... Uh, message on on twitter is like hey this game apparently runs like shit yeah uh good luck i haven't had a problem with it i've been running the game on high i haven't been running it on very high um but on high i get a pretty steady like 45 50 frames per second okay um on very high it's it's at like 30 kind of most of the time until things heat up and i'm in a firefight and then it drops down to like 20 uh-huh um and they're from what I can tell, there's not a huge difference between high and very high, so I'm I'm more than content with just being at um, high on that. 
Uh, but I haven't had any other problems. The game hasn't crashed on me. Uh, there is an odd little thing, which apparently is a much bigger issue on consoles than PC. Uh, but whenever the game auto saves, it'll kind of like hitch up for a second or so. Uh-huh. Uh, which there are plenty of games that I've played that kind of pause for a brief moment when it saves. Um, and, but apparently on consoles, it pauses for like five to 10 seconds. On PC, it pauses for literally like a second. Like it just kind of like, it almost feels like the the frame rate just drops for a second. But I know that it's not because I have the little frame rate thing in Steam and it's telling me that it's still at at 45 frames per second. Wow. Um, So, so yeah, it does that little pause thing. But I mean, honestly, that's, that's really just not all that noticeable. Um, The, the biggest problem uh, that I've had is that the AI is not particularly great. Yeah. Um, so like I've run into a guy who like, he was one of the, the American soldiers and he was like, he's just pointing his sniper rifle at a building. That's like a foot away from him. <laughs> like, he's just standing there guarding that wall, yep. making sure that, that part of the wall is safe. Um, and, uh, like the, the enemies aren't very smart. They, the game wants you to try to use some stealth, um, and I, I have used that. So there, there's two different types of areas. There's red zones, which are like full-out battle zones. They're more desolated, and you're not really going to find any civilians. You're just going to find rebel fighters and North Korean fighters, and they're they're all just fighting all the time. Then there's yellow zones, which are more like shantytown areas, um, and you'll actually find like shops and stuff that people are at, and you'll see civil, you know, people that can't fight that are walking around. Um, and in those areas, you know, it kind of behooves you to try to sneak around a little bit more, uh, because even though in terms of the game, it doesn't seem like it penalizes you for causing a ruckus in these areas where there are civilians. Mm-hmm. I don't know. In my mind, it's like, you know, I don't want these people dying in a firefight. Like, I, I'm going to try to sneak around and, and do my thing, you know, instead of possibly causing the death of civilians, yeah. which, again, the game doesn't actually tell you to do that. It, that's just what I've been doing. Um, so that's, that's kind of an interesting little dynamic shift, um, there, but, uh, as far as like trying to use stealth, like it, this is one of those games where like when you shoot somebody, even though you do it stealthfully, everybody basically knows where you are instantly now because you killed that guy, which is stupid. Yes. Uh, but then, then like, so like, I, there was one moment where I was in like this train depot and I was up on, um, some catwalks inside of this, like the warehouse at the end of this train depot. And I see this one guy and I, I have my cool pneumatic pistol and I shoot him in the head and then everybody knows where I am and they kind of start shooting at me. And then after a few seconds, some of them kind of forget that I just shot one of their guys and that they were just shooting at me. And then they all start looking for me. And then they all start going up the steps to the top catwalk that I'm at. <laughs> and I just shoot them one by one as they come up the steps. It's like, how did you guys take over the U.S.? I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah, what, what like, this, no, no. Yeah, I know uh, 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 Jim Sterling had released like a little video because he gave, he gave the game a, a surprisingly low 1 out of 10. Wow. Apparently he had so many problems with it on PC that he, it, it physically made him ill. Um, as far as amazing. like the, yeah the uh, the field of view and the frame rate stuttering on him badly, um, okay. he, they, he had actually gotten sick and he's like, no, I'm not finishing this. This is done. Uh, but he it was he took like it was like four minutes of like capture footage, 
mm-hmm. and a full probably three minutes of it is just these two people like running into this um, like little power generator just constantly like stopping doing like walking in place for a second and then going full out run into this generator again. Yeah. Just like stuck in this one corner and you're just like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. And there, there's some issues that I've also heard of people having where, uh, so the game has two different types of auto saves that Mm -hmm. it does. Uh, so if you are not in the middle of an actual story mission, um, then when you die, it does kind of a grand theft auto style of thing of reviving you back at, uh, in this case, a safe house instead of the hospital, and then it uh, it doesn't remove your money, but whatever of the, the valuables that you would sell, it takes whatever of those you had in your inventory out. Oh. So if you had collected, you know, 12 coffee mugs and you wanted to sell them, uh, you don't yeah. lose any of the money that you've already gained, but you do lose those 12 coffee mugs. Gotcha. Um, and uh, so, so if you're out... If you're not in the middle of a mission, then that's the way it treats death. Uh, and the rest of the world kind of persists. So if you're in the middle of trying to take out a base and you killed half of the people and you died and you revived back at the base, well, half of the people are still dead. And so you can go back to that base and kill the rest of them. Oh, okay. Um, if it's in the middle of a mission, though, it doesn't treat it that way. It It saves it kind of more hard save points um but it again it kind of it does stuff weirdly because it doesn't always respawn you where you were when you were at the auto save point uh and i've heard i've not experienced this i've i've not actually had this issue but i've heard where people have been in the middle of a mission died come back from the autosave and they are now like in the middle of a bunch of enemies. Oh God. And immediately get shot and, and killed. Um, so again, I've not had that issue. The autosave has behaved the way that is it's supposed to. Is there a way to, to hard save or you only get the autosave? There is, there's not a way to hard save. Wow. Okay. Um, so that's, that sucks, but it's also one of those things that I haven't really been able to critique because I just yeah, haven't experienced. Yeah. Uh, again, like, I mean, it's it's almost similar to kind of the stuff back with Batman a year ago. Yeah. Like, I just, I wasn't having the problems that people, other people were having. Um, and so, you know, that's, that definitely sucks for those people, but I haven't had those those problems Yeah, you can't uh, speak to them because they're not there. Totally. Uh, which, you know, it makes me feel bad for those people because, they, like, it seems like there's a lot of hate kind of going around with this game. Um, and to, to me, the, the game's biggest fault is the fact that, one, it was handed between, you know, like, four different studios. Um, so that's going to take its toll on and it. Apparently the, there's the a very was... nice, um, like, little thank you letter um, at the end of the credits where it was like, yeah. hey, this went through a lot of different hands. If you work on this at all, thank you very much. Right. Uh, you know, like, we're very lucky that it even got to this point. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for for me so far, and this is me having played maybe like five or six hours of the game, um, like, it is it is a competent game. Uh, there are better versions of this game. Like, if you can go buy a $20 copy of Far Cry 4, then you're going to get a lot of the same experience. If you can go play crisis 2 then you can get some of the same experience if you can go play like metro 2033 
then you're going to get some of the same experience. Um, this obviously kind of combines some of those elements in some different ways, so you don't necessarily get this game's spin on all those things, but you still get largely the you know same types of experience, Far Cry being the closest... Uh, the closest analog. Yeah, to, to all of those things. So, like, it's... Like it's not... So far, of everything that I've played with it, it's, it's not bad. It's not great. Uh-huh. I would... If I were to review it right now, I would probably recommend anybody to kind of just wait for it to go on sale. And especially, you know, because there are potentials for you to have terrible experiences like it, you know, awful autosave bugs or, um, you know, frame rate so bad that it makes you nauseous. You should probably also wait for any kind of patches that would come out for it as well. But the underlying game, I feel like, is solid if it's just not outstanding. The bones are there, but the body around it's kind of, eh. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, those are, those are my thoughts on Homefront. I I have not gone into the multiplayer yet. I did enjoy it when I played the beta. Um, so I I would like to, to play that some, um, cause it's a, it's like a four player, uh, co-op thing where you are doing missions, uh, with other people. And uh, it seemed to be pretty fun, so we'll see how that goes. And we'll also just see how kind of the, the story progresses and if, uh, if anything in the game kind of goes in and, and changes things. And also, I'll, I'll keep anybody up to date on, you know, if, if there are any huge updates to the game. So far, I think there have there's been an update or two to the console version, but there actually has not been an update to the PC version. I'm still running a uh, vanilla game. That's interesting. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, it is interesting. Yes, yeah, those one so updates first. Yep, uh, at least as far as I know, I, I haven't seen anything update inside of Steam. Um, so I, I don't actually, I don't know if there's a way to check your version number or not inside of uh, inside of Steam. Uh, that would be nice. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if there is. That's interesting. Huh. Uh, let's see. Current content build. Maybe that's it. But that's just... My game just says 1131672. So I don't, sure. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. Uh, sure, okay. So uh, there hasn't... In my little like Steam feed, there hasn't been any updates of... an or, you know, up news of an update coming out. I haven't seen anything be downloaded. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm assuming that there has not been an update for it yet. Uh, but again, you know, if you really like the, the Far Cry style of game and you want to play more of that, then probably something that would be worth your time, but you may want to wait for a better price and for patches. That is the, that is the official Jonathan Miley opinion right there. I will continue to play it. Because again, it's I was I was talking to a friend the other day that's or not the other day maybe it was earlier today I don't know um, that so far like the the things that it doesn't do well uh, like particularly in terms of like story and stuff like uh-huh. I'm I've already trained myself to completely tune out because of Far Cry so I'm not even paying <laughs> attention to that stuff and so it's it's just like the moment to moment gameplay that I'm paying attention to so the fact that some of the characters are kind of like you know, wooden and the story is not very good and it's probably not going to get any better, if not get worse. 
I don't care because the, the story <laughs> in Far Cry Three was absolute garbage. I it, I had a fun time just liberating bases. So <laughs> so yeah, I think that does. It. I think we're done. Nice. Any uh, final thoughts before we call us the show? No, no, I think we're good. I think we covered a nice range of topics. Indeed. We got some video games, we got some superheroes, uh, and, and we're not ending with a conversation that will be cut. So That is I true. Think, I think we end strong. Absolutely. And we go out here. <laughs> this is also the, the, the first episode between you and me in a while that has not been basically like 75% superheroes. So that's, that's true. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so thank you, Brian, for, for joining me and talking about superheroes and video games and movies and whatnot. Thank you listeners for listening. We greatly appreciate that. Um, I'm doing a terrible job of welcoming new people. I'd really like to do that more. So if you are new to the show, thank you so much for listening. If you've been listening for a long time, thank you for listening. Uh, check out darkstation.com where you can find more episodes of the dark cast. You can find interviews that we've been doing. We've had some some really cool ones lately with some composers. Check that out. You can see also our reviews, previews, and features. Uh, be looking out for our E3 predictions and E3 coverage coming up here very soon. That's going to be so much fun. And as always, you can join us next week with our other episodes of the Darkcast. It's going to be awesome. Thank you again for listening. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.